Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Um, I've been thinking about something throughout the course of this week. And, um, and I've been uh, studying the scriptures and I've come across a passage uh, in the Bible um, that I have been mulling over, that I've been marinating in. And um, this mulling is continuing. This marination has not finished. And what I'd like to do here in this 8.30 service is to do some mulling and some marinating with you. And, um, and this uh, is an intimate enough environment for you to yell out and to give me a little bit of feedback and to come on, preach with me. And so I thought, like, we just do something a little bit different this morning. Um, I want to talk about worry. I want to talk about worry. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did a road trip with my family. Uh, my little girl, Caitlin, is in grade six, and she starts high school next year. Don't they grow up way too fast? If you have a formula to keep your little girl a little girl forever, please, I will sell everything that I own and give it to you. I want to keep my little girl small forever. And because uh, my kids are growing up so quick, um, I'm doing my absolute best uh, to create as many uh, primary school memories with my kids. And uh, one of my most cherished primary school memories was uh, doing these road trips from Melbourne to Sydney for holidays. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. We couldn't get off, jet off to Bali, no judgment. But um, <laughs> like a holiday for us was we'd load up the Chimera <laughs> and we'd drive up to Sydney and we'd go see the Opera House. We'd go wander around the, uh, the harbour and uh, we'd go see a couple of relatives uh, and then we'd drive back. It was always fun because uh, I know that a lot of you um, have never done the Melbourne to Sydney road trip, but there are really cool spots to stop along the way. There's a dog that's sitting on a tucker box. I don't know why he's doing it, but he's doing it. And for some reason, Australians are amped about it. Um, there's a submarine at a place called Holbrook, and it's like someone just left a submarine. It's like a truckie one day was driving like a submarine from Melbourne to Sydney, decided to go on strike and left the submarine there, and they thought, well, we'll make it a fixture. So basically there's a submarine there. Uh, Aubrey Wodonga is always fun to pass through. The orbs and the dong, it's always fun to pass through. And, <laughs> and um and so I thought to myself, we better do that with our kids before they get too old. So uh, we loaded up uh, the Volksy and we started driving up the Hume Highway. And, uh, and as we were driving up, uh, I actually put together a playlist of different songs that I used to listen to when I was a little kid um, going up the Hume Highway. And uh, one of these songs struck a particular chord with my children. It's a song that many of you would have never heard of before, and many of you will not recollect. Uh, but it's a song written by a songwriter named Bobby McFerrin, and it's a song called Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, Don't worry, be happy. You know that one? Okay, you, you know it. All right. <laughs> All the kids in the room are so confused right now. And 
And so the kids, the, the kids because it was quite a, a, a catchy song and a really simple song, um, really quickly um, started singing along. And, um, and it, uh, it was fun. We're driving up uh, the Hume Highway and I'm having these incredible flashbacks of being a kid myself singing with my little brother and my mum and dad about not worrying and being happy. And then as we're driving uh, along and singing this song, I couldn't help but think to myself, man, I wish it was that easy. I wish in the midst of the worries and the pressures in this world, you could just sing, don't worry, be happy, and they would all just flutter away. I wish it was that easy. But I think you would agree with me, it isn't. Because I don't know about you, but I worry about stuff. I find myself worrying about money things. I find myself worrying about trying to make ends meet when it feels like the ends are always running away from one another. I find myself worrying about my work. I find myself worrying that somehow in doing what I'm doing in this season, it's going to have a negative impact, especially on my children down the track. I worry about that kind of stuff. I worry about my family and, and how we're progressing and, and, and how we're actually going. And I worry about the high school that we've picked for my little girl to go to and I worry that we've made the wrong choice. I worry for the day that my little girl brings a little boy back home <laughs> and tells me that she's in love. I worry for that little boy. <laughs> I worry about this world that my children are inheriting. I worry about political instability that seems to ravage. Not only far off in the Middle East, but even here in our own apparently stable nation. There are so many things that seem to float in our atmosphere that at any given time can strike and rob us of our peace and rob us of our joy. And because of that, I find myself worrying. And that might come to a surprise for some of you who may know me because... I know that for a lot of my friends, they look at me and say, well, Dan, you're a, you're a together kind of guy. You're a little bit eccentric, a little bit loud, but, like, but primarily a confident individual. But I've got to be honest with you. Come on. I worry about things. And I say that because I want to give you permission to ask this question. What do you worry about? Do you worry about money stuff? Do you worry about business stuff? Do you worry about employment stuff? Do you worry about family stuff? Do you worry about things going on globally as well as locally? What do you worry about? Because it's important for us as a faith community. No, it's actually imperative for us as a faith community and as individuals to address the fact that we as people have propensities towards worry. And it's really important that we process through worry, come on, in a really healthy and constructive and God-glorifying way. 
Because worry undealt with becomes destructive. Have you noticed that? It's amazing how when we find ourselves worrying, we can find ourselves forgetting the goodness of God and the grace of God, the power of God, the majesty of God, the sovereignty of God. And somehow worry has this amazing ability, as crazy as it sounds, to minimize the reality and the beauty of Jesus. We must deal with our worry. Worry is destructive of our peace. Come on, worry is destructive of our joy. Somebody who has unchecked rampant worry in their soul can live a life that is so void of the happiness that Jesus, by his spirit, wants to bring. Research actually shows us that worry actually can destroy our health. That is actually detrimental to our physical well-beings. It's connected to, to heart disease and other ailments. Hey, men here in this room, do you know that worry is actually linked to male pattern baldness? And it can create insomnia. It robs us of our sleep. And so here we find ourselves in the midst of a very tricky situation. You, like me find that it's really easy to fall into a pattern of habitual worry because there are so many things in this world to worry about and worry undealt with and unchecked actually is detrimental to our journey is destructive to our relationship with Jesus is destructive in our relationships with one another is destructive to our personal peace and joy and it's going to cause us to be bald, tired people all the time. and So we find ourselves collectively knit together by this common thread. Warriors wondering how are we to deal with this which is so potentially destructive. And then Jesus shows up. And Jesus speaks to it. That's what I love about Jesus. That's what I love about Christianity. Christianity isn't a faraway religion that talks about a faraway land with the goal to take you a place far away. No, Christianity is close and connected as Jesus comes into our world and does a stock take of our soul and he identifies every single item and he speaks to them. And he does that with worry. And so throughout the course of this week, as I found myself just worrying about a bunch of things, and I'm not lying to you, having a little bit of sleep robbed from me as I was worrying about a few of these things, I found myself entranced by this beautiful interaction that Jesus had with a bunch of people just like you and me as he speaks specifically about worry. As he diagnoses the issues that cause worry to rise up in our hearts. And he delivers the remedy. He delivers the cure. As these beautiful words drip from his celestial lips. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about worry. And he deals with something so real to all of us in such a practical way. 
in Matthew chapter 6. And I want everyone to pay a special attention because I'm going to ask you in a few moments, what do you think Jesus is saying to us? What is Jesus highlighting to us? What's Jesus trying to reveal to us as he speaks to us this morning? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, Jesus goes, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life and what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry so much about your body and what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Hey, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about your clothes? See the flowers of the field? They don't labor, they don't spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans run after all of these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love it. I love the profound practicality of Jesus. As he addresses a group 2,000 years ago and how he continues to address us still to this day. And I love how in this text he is making observations. He's not just saying, hey, don't worry, be happy. He's not just saying, hey, you know, smile, it's going to be good. He does more than that. He addresses the cause of our worry and he very specifically shows us how to deal with these causes and the outcomes and come to a place in a space of peace and confidence. What's he doing here in this text? He's diagnosing the cause of our worry and he's dispensing the cure. As I read through this, I can't help but recognize Jesus is making a couple of observations. Observation number one, a lot of us worry because we forget how our God is the God of details. Our God is the God of details. That's what's happening there at the beginning of this text. Because again, you're worried about all the details of life. You're stressed about what you're going to eat. You're, going to stress, you're stressing about what you're going to wear. You're, you're, you're stressing about how you're going to provide. You're, you're stressed about what's basically lying around the corner. You're stressed about all these little things. And I get it. I get why you're stressed about all the details because some of us 
fall into this pattern of thinking that all of the details rest on our shoulders. When nothing could be further from the truth because our God is the God of details. Now I get it. I get why we think that God is out there but not really acquainted with the details because the world is big and there's a lot of stuff happening at any given time. God must have a bajillion plates spinning at any given moment. How can God notice my plate and what's on it? So you know what? It's absolutely reasonable. It's, it's actually intuitive for us to feel that even though God is out there, He's not acquainted with the details of our life. And because He's not acquainted with the details of our life, we have to keep it all locked down. We have to cover off every single detail, every single element in our life. It's our responsibility to keep that afloat. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because Jesus is saying here, you stress so much because you think all of the details of your life basically rise and fall on your capacity to keep it together. But it doesn't. All the details of your life are seen by and are looked after by God. Because he says this, check it out. Look at the birds of the air. Can you, can you just picture it? He's there with his disciples and he's there with interested listeners and he's going, you're stressed out because you think that God isn't a God of the details. You think that God has overlooked your marriage. You think God has overlooked your finances. You think that God has overlooked your teenager. You think that God has overlooked your housing situation. You think God has overlooked your employment. You think God has overlooked our prime minister. You think our God has overlooked what's happening in the Middle East. You think he has overlooked it because he's so big and we're so small. And there's so many things going on at any given time. But he's saying, no, he sees every single detail of your life and he's connected because he says look at the birds of the air and everyone's going did he say look at the birds of the air here look at the birds of the air <laughs> these little birds sold two for a penny in the market 2,000 years ago as the Jew would engage in sacrificial worship of God. If you could not afford a goat or a lamb, you would bring at least a bird. That was the cheapest sacrifice you could bring. Or in other words, that was like the cheapest thing in the shop. And he's saying, check it out. That little bird, which is the cheapest thing in the shop, that little bird is looked after by God himself. Not one of those birds take flight without God seeing it. Not one of those birds eat a worm without God providing that worm to it. Not one of those birds take rest in a nest that God didn't give it. Come on, if he sees the little bird and he's acquainted with a detail so minuscule and small, how dare we think that he's not acquainted, come on, with every detail of your life. If he does that for a bird, comparatively, how can we come to any other conclusion that he'll do it for you as well? Because Jesus' blood wasn't shed for a bird, but it was shed for you. A bird wasn't created in God's image. Come on, you were. He's saying if he looks after the little birds and is acquainted with those finite details, how much more? Come on, can we trust that even though it feels like God has overlooked 
entire aspects and sections of our life that he hasn't. He sees it. He knows it. He's acquainted. And even right now, amen, come on, he's interacting with that area and that detail in our life. He goes on to say, a lot of you guys are stressed out because you've got no issue with this idea that God is acquainted with the details of our life, but some of us are stressed out because we question God's desire to actually do much in these details in our life. Some of us are stressed out because we don't admit it with our lips, but we kind of feel in our hearts that he's a little bit of a stingy God, that he's a just enough God. He's a, you know, you'll get by and I'll come back one day kind of God. You kind of worry that our God is more than happy to see us. Just keep our head above the water as we tread desperately. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because he goes on to say, not only is he acquainted with the details, our God is the God of more than enough. Our God is the God who loves to show up in our lives and through our lives. Because he says, don't only consider the birds of the air. Tweet, 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 tweet. He says, consider the lilies of the field. These lilies that you walked past on the way to the temple today. These lilies that you would walk past and not even give a second look. Everyone just hit the pause button and stare closely at these lilies. These glorious colors. These mind-blowing, breathtaking hues. Can you not see the detail in every single one of these lilies? God could have easily made every lily the exact same way. He could have colored them in the same manner, but he didn't. He's saying every single one of them are testimonies of how our God, by nature, always goes above and beyond. This lily is here today and then basically cut by your lawnmower tomorrow and thrown into the fire the day after. Yet every single one of these lilies outshines Solomon in his best royal garb. So the original listener of the day would have gone, wow, that's a pretty good point. How dare we think that our God is a stingy God. Our God is just a just enough God. Our God is a, hey, you'll get by. I'll come back to you later, God. No, our God not only sees the details of our life. Come on, but he wants to bless and favor you. Come on and provide for you more than enough in every single area of your life. Because our God is the God who by nature loves to go above and beyond. If he did it for the lily... How can we assume anything less for you? For that lily is here today and burnt in the fire tomorrow. Your soul is eternal. Come on. And we've been granted the opportunity to live forever. If we'll do it for the lily, how dare we assume that he'll do anything less for us? That challenges my heart. Because I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I wrestle with that. Sometimes I look at my finances and I think to myself, okay, God, like, it's uh, ready for one of those miracles. I'm ready for one of those, you know, cool testimonies that I always hear about at church. And I'll give glory to you if you do it for me. I kind of, and I 
sometimes ask this question. Okay, I get it. I know that you see all the details, but are you really that interested in, in going above and beyond and really doing heaps in this detail of my life? But then I'm reminded to consider the lily. If you would do it for a tiny flower, so easily overlooked, but not overlooked and not unembellished by God. How much more can we trust that in every single area of our life? Come on, our God is going to go above and beyond. Can you say amen to that? Thirdly and lastly, in my last 32 seconds with you. I love this reflection that Jesus finally makes. He says, hey, consider the birds of the air. Sometimes we question, does God see the little details that cause us worry? He does. He doesn't ignore the little bird. So how can he ignore you? And sometimes we get worried because we think that even though God sees the details, he's a withholding God. He ain't a generous God. And nothing could be further from the truth. He didn't withhold nor lack any generosity when he made the lily of the field. How much more will he bless and favor you? And then Jesus brings this mini talk to a conclusion. He says, therefore, stop worrying so much about all these details in your life. I get it. It's easy for us to do so. But don't lose your sleep. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your relationships over things that at the end of the day you don't have any control of you know what people who don't believe in a good and gracious sovereign god are the kinds of people who do that but instead understand that our god knows every single one of your needs and he delights in meeting them or in other words don't get overwhelmed and worried by the fact that you don't have capacity to keep all things in control, but rest and trust, come on, and abide in the one who does. And we do this practically by seeking first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, or in other words, relationship with Him, and all these things shall be added unto you. A lot of us worry. Here's Jesus' final point. A lot of us worry because instinctively we think that worry is helping. Which is crazy. Because <laughs> it just makes stuff worse. But we laugh, but we do it. Why? Because we instinctively think, if I just think about it more and stress about it more and lose more sleep over it and fight more about it and struggle more with it, then somehow in doing all of that, everything is going to get sorted out. But the only problem is we end up in a deeper pit with the same worry staring us in the face. So he says, no, 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 no. Worry is not dealt with striving and trying, but resting, come on, and relying in the one who has all the details. Amen? Come on. In his hand seek first the kingdom of god but dan we're doing it pretty tough financially and i get it 
But in the midst of that worry, we're looking towards Jesus first. Knowing he's Jehovah Jireh, he's the God who provides. It's not what he does, it's his name. But Dan, I've got sickness in my body. Or there's sickness in my family. Hey, I get it. And we stand with you in that horrible journey. But we seek first the God who is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's not just a hobby. It's his name. But, but Dan, there's so many things going on in the world right now. Everything just seems so unstable and things are changing and are always in flux. Hey, seek first the one who is our great strong tower. It's not just a description. It's his name. When Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, he's not trying to discount the things that you are going through. He's not trying to, come on, minimize these forces and factors that bring worry to your heart. He's just trying to remind you that God is still above them. And when you get God, come on, in his correct place, Above these worries, amen, come on, these worries must take their rightful position, subordinate to Jesus. I don't preach this to you as one who has unlocked the key and doesn't wrestle with this stuff. I share this with you. As someone who's been scratching his head and thinking about this all week long. But I invite you, like me, to in the midst of all the things that rob us of our joy and rob us of our peace, rob us of our sleep, and rob us of our hair, (laughs) to remember there isn't one detail in your life that God is not deeply acquainted with. And there isn't an error in your life, come on, that God doesn't want to show that he is more than enough in. And as I recognize there are all these bogeys flying around in my airspace trying to bomb my joy and wreck my peace and destroy my connection with God and with others, I seek God first above that, understanding when I put God, above my worries, worries must take their rightful position, subordinate to Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 